what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Whiskey Sessions Podcast. This is Amets here with B Pimp. B Pimp, how are you doing on this fine, fine evening? I'm just, uh, I'm just keeping the dream alive. Yeah, I'm very excited about our top five for this episode. I am too. If you didn't know, and how could you? I guess maybe the text. If you read the text from the podcast, I don't know how that works. Anyway, not the point. Our top five list for this episode are our top five movie villains. Ooh. Spooky. Spooky. This almost should have been a October. It should have been, for... but it's not. It's late November. Hey, it's still kind of spooky. It's cold out now. Yeah, no, it is. In the Bay Area, let's see. We're, we'll probably get down to high 40s. I'm not sure. That's like a... It's like a blizzard Shattered here. teeth weather. Yeah, exactly. I think what I'm nervous about is just being here and then going to Chicago for Christmas or something like that. This will make me so soft that being in Chicago for a Chicago winter will be unbearable. Even yeah, you want to like go back week. and work all night at a bar on <laughs> Rush Street again? Yeah, is that... I'm trying to think, what's the worst job I've ever had? That must be it. Yeah. I don't know that if it was, a... like, literally the hardest job I've ever had. It had its moments. It just tested my stamina, if anything. Yeah, it's kind of a thankless job. Right. It didn't help that it really paid poorly. <laughs> yeah, they do. It's, it's, it's a bummer. Yeah. Well, that's how it goes. But you know what does pay the bills? Sponsors. And we are happy to have our sponsor back. Footbag. Footbag. They are the finest. You know what I like about footbag? I don't have to think about, do I need a shoe? Do I need a sandal? Do I need a sock? And trying to figure out what that middle ground is. And I know it's other people's skin on my feet. That's the middle ground? That's the middle ground, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's in their marketing. So, I mean, I guess you're right. I would think so. What? Okay. And it's important that you use the promo code... Whiskey Sessions, when you go to footbag.com slash, actually, I want to buy a footbag. So dot, the, isn't it dot .edu? Dot .edu, yeah. Well, you have yeah. to do the dot .com first and then the dot .edu. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then the slash and then I actually want a footbag.com. Mm-hmm. And to be clear, the promo code is whiskeysessions.org. Right. Um, yeah. I got some disturbing news, though, on the footbag front. Oh, boy. What is it? We haven't lost them of a sponsor, have we? <laughs> no. No, we actually might have competition for our sponsorship time. Finally. Because, yeah. I received a care package from the fine folks at Sockies. Oh, what are Sockies about? Sockies are, so they're not quite as well-known as footbags, so you might have not heard of them yet. But... Well, no, but they're going to get there. they got to start somewhere. The, the sockies are like um, scary monster socks uh-huh. that have faces on the end by the toes. Okay. So if you like sit on your bed and you're like twiggling your toes and, and have them straight out, it would look like two monsters. Oh. Yelling. That is scary. Yeah. And it's called sockies. And I think this, I think sockies are made out of, uh, they're not space age polymers, but I think they're like, I think they're like industrial age. Dark age. Fabrics. <laughs> Dark age polymer. <laughs> yeah. 
and, and I don't, so I don't know if they maybe they don't have quite the ba- the financial backing that Footbag has, but um, they did send that? me a very crude uh, <laughs> like marketing packet. Okay. So I don't know if it's actual competition, but I don't know how I feel about them immediately horning in on Footbag's territory. It seems a little presumptuous to me. It does, but you know we got to get the sponsors where we can. What I'm wondering is why I get a package from Footbag. But I don't get a package from these people. Only you get one. Do they understand that there are two people on this podcast? Well, that's another mark in the in the no column as far as <clears throat> like, do we need to switch? And the other problem is there. I don't know if we want to really hitch our wagon solely to foot based <laughs> products. So no, yeah, probably not. But at the same time, you know, we got to go with what is working for our listeners and what they're interested in we we need to get one of those surveys going you know how like some podcasts will tell you we need you to take a survey so that our our, we can see who we need to market to and what sponsors would work for us apparently somebody's been surveying our listeners and they're all very (laughs) concerned about their feet bunch of weirdos with foot fetishes i think is our core demographic from sweden it's it's rex ryan (laughs) our biggest listener Hey, well, we're happy to have a new sponsor. We're happy to keep our old sponsor, and um, you know, if there's another foot-based product that would like to be a sponsor on Whiskey Sessions, we're not going to say no, unless we have some kind of exclusivity agreement that we need to sign. But I don't think we do. Have you gotten that agreement? I don't really read I, paperwork. No, we. I mean, we, I think we might need to get an intern at some point because there's a lot of paperwork. But right. Um. I, I am concerned that they did only send this to me, and... I'm concerned that they know your address. Yeah, and I'm wondering if maybe our next episode's going to be brought to us by, like, toe rings or something, <laughs> like it seems to be. Monster toe rings that are made of human skin? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Foolish that. toe rings. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, if that company decides to start from now until then, we'll definitely consider them. Yeah, we'll always consider it. Yeah. All right, so what whiskey are you drinking for today, B-Pimp? I've got a uh, one I'm pretty excited about. So <clears throat> Lisa and her Aunt Mary went to the Kohler Wisconsin Food and Wine Convention, I believe it was called, or Expo, maybe. Oh, nice. I think I saw some pictures from that. She saw, like, some Top Chef people, right? Yeah, she met some people. Um, some kind of hunk cook that she liked that she sent me a picture and said, I met my new boyfriend, which is very nice. Very, very nice. But she, in order to make up for that taunting, uh-huh. she brought me, <laughs> she brought me a nice bottle of whiskey from Kinnikinick. Wow. Whiskey, um, which is very fun to say, and it is a, it's from Great Lakes Distillery. Okay. It's handcrafted. It's small batch, and it's a blend of American whiskey. So this is actually a hand numbered batch. It's batch number fifty. And uh, it's, it says this spirit is a unique blend of bourbon, rye, and malt whiskey. The spirit has been painstakingly crafted to be of exquisite quality. Enjoy! Oh. Well, I guess you'll be the judge of that. And it's 86 proof. Okay. Um, it won the Best American Blended Award at the World Whiskey Awards in London in Whoa. 2013. So, I'm going to pour it right now. I didn't want to... Now, I like hearing the bottle pop. Yeah, well, it sounds I don't like a real quality. Any part of this process. Yeah. 
And now I got my. Uh, you drinking it? My here. Oh, no, it I got like some ice. Sounds like it's on the rocks. It's what they would call on the rocks. All right, bottoms up. All right, B pimp. Does this whiskey get the boot, or is it smooth? Here's what I want you to do. All right. I want you to open your closet. Got it. And find a little corner uh -huh. and put those boots away. Oh, the boots? Okay, the boots are gone. I'm not even sure <laughs> I need them in this climate. <laughs> because you got me there. I was going to have a nice smooth transition into my verdict, but you and your damn jokes. Ah, uh, sorry. They, uh, it's a smooth, a full smooth. Full smooth. Glad to hear. Glad to hear Wisconsin's representing like that. Yeah, it's really good. It's it's actually, this may sound bad at first, but there's no kick. It's not, it's so smooth that there is no recoil when you're drinking it. Well, it's like. Yeah, I think that's nice too, because it's like, I don't mind a little kick, but I, you know what I hate is a, a false kick, like an undeserved kick, you know? Yeah, like if a baby is trying to mess with its mom. Right, like don't kick. It's kicking in there. No, that's that's, that's what a bad whiskey does. Yes, exactly. So you know you don't need to have a kick. A kick is fine, but do not have an undeserved kick. That's the only thing you cannot do. And Kinnikinick said, "We don't need a kick because we've got two Kinnicks." Nice. I feel like that wasn't exactly a pun. I mean, it kind of was, but I've noticed the last few episodes as I've listened to him again. Some of your puns and jokes, either I have not been paying close enough attention, but they have gone, like, right over my head. This has happened, like, in two consecutive episodes. So I'm going to pay super, any joke that you make, a word pun or anything like that, just as soon as you finish the joke, say, that was a joke. <laughs> and then I can know what kind of reaction to have. I'm going to tell you the last one that happened. I didn't know what you meant when you you first mentioned it. You're like, I just didn't get that one again. And I, re I listened to that episode to make sure it didn't have any massive uh, me sneezing into the microphone in it. And not that you, I mean, you would cut that out, but I, you know, I like to give it a listen before we release it. Just to, it's quality control. Like uh -huh. Jurassic Five. No, that's what you got to do. That was a joke. Which um, they stopped doing after a while. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, the one that I said last time was because you you used the word splay, <laughs> and I made a Black Dahlia joke. <laughs> okay, I wasn't ever going to get that one. Which is just, I, yeah, I, <laughs> my point is, sometimes it's it's not your fault. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's definitely my fault. <laughs> I'm glad like that, because that one, yeah, did not, just kept right on going. I think anyone listening to that was like, what? And what? <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. I'm, I'm glad we got that cleared away because I want to have a clear, clear conscience. Conscience? Yeah. Conscious. Um, clean slate. Clean slate. Starting over, making sure we've got everything clear because we are talking about the top five movie villains, which I feel like is covers a lot of ground because I don't know if you noticed this, B-Pimp. There are a lot of movies out there. Yeah, there's a lot of movies, and then up until like 1996, and then they ever since 1996 they've been remaking every movie that was made <laughs> until 1996. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, there's a lot. There's like two times as many as I thought there would be. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. So we've got the top five movie villains, 
why don't we go ahead and get into it? These are our top five. I did it again. I switched our and R. Okay, these are our top five movie villains. More than four, less than six. It's the top five. All right, my top five movie villain is Chucky from Child's Play. Oh, that's a good one. This one especially resonates because I saw this movie when I was too young. And it definitely stuck with me. I still don't like dolls or dummies or anything that comes to life. And though I've seen a couple Chucky movies actually kind of recently. And, you know, they're, they're more funny than scary. But, yes, I did not like this as a kid. And so that's, that's my number five. Those movies are... Um, <clears throat> I'm a fan of those. Yeah. I like how ridiculous they are because, isn't it uh, an executed murderer's soul? Yeah, and then there's like some kind of lightning storm or something. I mean, the first one is in Chicago, too. Yeah. Isn't there a creepy thing about... So, I've been talking... Candyman has been coming up recently in, right. my, in my conversations with people. And that's a movie that has extra creepiness to me because it's set in Chicago in like 1991 or 92 uh-huh. and I mean when they filmed it then so you get to see all these different like expressways and like views of the city where I have a memory of that driving through the city as a kid and then seeing it now when I know what it looks like now and I'm you know driving on my own it's just it's got this extra kind of like nostalgia to it for me because it looks so much different and it's like it's like yeah that was a point in time I remember that look to the city and now it looks totally different and it's just like a it adds a layer of it yeah there was a lot more concrete I think at that point and Chicago made an effort to get rid of that I mean I think the two because there's so many aerial shots in Candyman there are like two locations the main locations where I feel like that movie takes place it's at Cabrini Green, which doesn't yeah. exist anymore. Right. And then it's the University of Illinois Chicago campus, which looks pretty different than what it did then. It used to have like these tunnels between each building. So basically you could walk from class to class without ever going outside. And it does not have that anymore. Right. And it's also, I believe it's 290 that you can see. Yeah. Um, and that also looks a lot different and it's just it's I, I was just thinking about it like how it's one of those things that i didn't put a finger on it right away and then i was thinking about that movie and why it creeps me out so much beyond just like the the weirdness of it but and that's similar with child's play it's like that i think that adds an, an aspect not only is chucky like a really creepy villain and like the premise of him is creepy but he that takes also like, adds to it yeah and he goes down to like like I think it's like the 35th Green Line stop or something like that. It just feels very Chicago. Candyman feels even more Chicago, but I think because they're both taking place in like around 1990-ish. Yeah. Chicago, they're like really, you know, kind of stark and concrete and kind of causes me to confuse certain like plot points in the movie. But um yeah, both of those movies are like that. Yeah. So, okay, my number five is Wolf the Dentist Stanson from Mighty Ducks 2. Whoa. (laughs) Which is the coach of the Iceland team. (laughs) And he's great because I've never seen that guy in anything else. And that movie is so awesome. I don't care what anyone says. I know there's all these haters out there. It's a kid's movie. It's about hockey. 
blah, 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 blah. I think it's I don't great. Care. It's great. Yeah. It's got the knuckle puck. It's got the... Bash Brothers. Different, yeah, the Bash Brothers. They've got... They play different countries' teams, and they're all, like, ridiculous stereotypes of the country. Oh, yeah. There's a guy that <laughs> lassos... That lassos different hockey players. Yeah, Hopalong Gretzky. Mm-hmm. Um, but the coach is so good because he's just, like, a snarling... He hates Gordon Bombay because they played together. Oh, he's course. the one who who uh, shredded his knee, right? Mm-hmm. And and the the trainer from the Iceland team is like sweet on Gordon Bombay, and they go out for ice cream, and they and he sees him, and he's like just mad about it. He's just mad about everything, and that that also comes into play as that line of uh, Greenland is full of ice. Iceland is very nice. Yeah, and that's the thing to remember. Like I don't think I would ever go to Greenland. But I wouldn't mind seeing Iceland. No, Iceland would be cool. I'm gonna, I'd go to Reykjavik. Yeah, for sure. I've heard nothing but good things. So, Wolf the Dennis Stanson, you made the list, buddy. Nice. I would have no... I love that it's Wolf the Dennis Stanson. Yep. That's a, that's a lot going on right there. He took out so many teeth. He's like yeah. the dentist. So shitty dentist that only takes out teeth by hitting them. Yeah, he can't fix them. Yeah, <laughs> just takes them out. <laughs> He doesn't even use tools. He just, like, elbow drops your face. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, my number four is... I don't remember the character's name, but uh, I love Start, that... Off to a strong start. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I love <laughs> the actor's name, and it's Max Van Zittau in Strange Brew. Oh, that's a good one! Yeah, I also like him as the villain in Minority Report. But he's such a cool actor. He's got like a perfect low voice. He's very like tall and menacing and Germanish. Um, <laughs> but I love Strange Brew as a movie. I haven't seen it in a little bit, but I used to watch it like constantly. So I kind of want to revisit that. But yeah, that movie is like just '80s perfectness. If you haven't seen Strange Brew, you need to see Strange Brew. Bob and Doug McKenzie yeah. saving Canada. I love I love the uh, the one of the plot devices in that movie is that they're controlling the hockey players who've had lobotomies by using a certain tone in the uh, organ. Yeah, and it's like the strange uh, brew tone. It's like do 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 do. Yeah, and it's got like the synth organ sound. Yeah, it's great. It's awesome. That movie is amazing. Yeah, and then there's like weird laser effects that come into play too. It's that movie is pretty close to perfect. It's great. I used to rent that all the time from Video Circle back in Lansing. Shout out, Video Circle. Rest in peace. Nice. That's oh, um, a video store that's no longer in business? Oh, it's 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 gone. There's uh, one. I got excited when we moved to Streamwood. There there was a, I think it was like, I don't remember the name, but it was something's movie dugout or something. Some kind of movie store. Uh-huh. And you could see it from uh, Higgins. And I was like, oh, wait, is that open? Because it looked, you know, like it looked like it had a chance of being open. Right. But then I, I passed it another day, and I looked closer, and it's definitely empty. Oh, uh, that's a damn shame. Yeah. I want a video store. Video stores were great. There was something special about going to Video Circle. I would go into the horror section, even though my mom didn't want me to rent those. And then you, the, the way they did there was they had the cases out, and you would take a tag uh-huh. and bring it up. And then they would have the movie back there? Yeah. That seems like crazy inefficient, though. I know. <laughs> But it was great. Yeah. All right. What's your number four? My number four is Francis Dollaride from Red Dragon. Oh. 
So this was uh, Tom Noonan is the actor. You might, if you saw a picture of him, you probably would know him. He was in Heat. Okay. Um, comes to mind. He's like a very distinct, distinctive looking guy. He's like really tall, kind of skinny, just menacing looking. Um, and he plays the 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 antagonist in Red Dragon. Um, or it's actually it's Manhunter. The movie is called Manhunter. The it was based on Red Dragon. Ah, uh, okay. But. He that so William Peterson was like the main. He played like the uh, FBI agent, the main character, um, and that one it came out in '86. It was before they did the remakes, and it was before Silence of the Lambs. It was the first movie about this universe, and it's really good. And he's especially creepy. He he's stalking Joan Allen. Plays like a blind photographer or something, or hmm. I don't remember exactly what her role is, but. He's he becomes infatuated with her because she can't see him and he thinks he's really ugly. So it's like this, and there's all these scenes where like he'll get her to his apartment, and then there's all this like, it's just great imagery in this movie, and he's a really creepy, ugh, just gnarly villain, and I and I think he deserves a place on the list. And so he is on it. Yep. All right, my number three is. You know, it's it's pretty obvious, and I hate to have it on my list, but I'm going to have it on anyway, and it's Darth Vader from Star Wars. And I have... Solid. Solid. Yeah, and I just feel like they did... I take it for granted now, because, you know, Star Wars is just so Star Warsy, and those movies are whatever. I've seen them a bunch of times. It's hard to even kind of judge the quality of them, almost, you know, because they're j- just, like, so canonical. But um, I think it's, they did such a good job of, first of all, getting James Earl Jones to do the voice. Like, I don't take, I try not to take for granted how brilliant that was. You have to get the right voice for Darth Vader. You had to get the right kind of breathing sounds, uh, the way he moved. And I think they just, if Darth Vader doesn't work as a villain, I think the whole franchise doesn't work. Yeah, no, that's absolutely right. I mean, I'm not. I haven't seen any of the movies since whatever Phantom Menace, like one of those like early 2000s ones. You but, haven't uh, even seen any since then at all. No, none. Holy shit! But I just never. I was never big into it. But I liked the original three, and yeah. I think he was he was a really good villain. It's it's just a good like they managed to make a menacing enough character in a universe that is limitless so you could have you have aliens you have you know you have all these different types of creatures and they were still able to nail down like this is going to be the the extreme bad guy you know like and i think that's that's kind of what we're looking for yes now they nailed that what's your number three my number three is christian bale as patrick bateman in american psycho Ooh, that's a good one that movie is great and he does a good job on it it's truly i think one of it's just I just think it's a great movie. I've I've loved that movie since I first saw it. It, it. I mean, it's a dark. It's a it's a it may not be. It's not for everybody, you know. It's like it's very graphic. It's violent. It's uh, it's sometimes it's slow, you know. Like, but it's I think it's just got Christian Bale's performance in that movie. I, he's kind of like polarizing. I feel like, but. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always really loved his work, and I think that that was a a masterful job. 
of playing not only the villain, but he is, I mean, screen time wise, like he's in, he's in that entire movie. Like it's, Oh yeah. It's, it's just him. It's about him. And it, it's never boring. His performance is nuanced. There's all these different takes on, is he actually seeing these things? Was this all like a delusion? Like, it's just, I, I just, I really like that movie. And I think he's, uh, I think he did a great job as that character. No, for sure. And whatever you think about Christian Bale, like, not that I've loved everything he's ever been in, but he is a really good actor. Like, no doubt. Like, just his talent level. Right. And commitment, too. Yeah, and he, and he does things like, one of the things I that jumps out to me about an actor is, you know, sometimes I'll watch movies, you know, I haven't thought about it. It's not something I was meaning to see. I'll just turn it on like you're hanging out and you just want to watch something. Mm-hmm. And I did that with a movie he was in with Woody Harrelson. Um, totally blanking on the title right now, but it was like this just really strange, like regional movie about Philadelphia or, or about Pennsylvania. It was like rural Pennsylvania and it was like two brothers and all this drama happens. It's like violent and dark. And I didn't even know about it. And I just watched it and I captivated me. Like Woody Harrelson was great in it too, but he just has that ability to suck you into the movie and make you care about it. Even if you don't know necessarily, you know, you weren't prepared for it. It's not something you were aiming at. I just think that's like a special quality. And I think that was on display in full force in that movie. Yeah, no, without a doubt. All right. uh, My number two is Terminator from Terminator. Ooh, Terminator. Yeah, I kind of, I thought about this one for a second. I was like, of course this has got to be on my list. I feel like the first Terminator movie is actually my favorite. I know a lot of people love T2. Um, and it's, it had some cool effects that somehow still kind of stand up, but like just the menace of Arnold Schwarzenegger as Terminator going after Sarah Connor, who really has essentially no one to protect her except for what's his face. Who's not like a robot is done so well. And it's like, yeah, it's scary. Yeah. And I, I do specifically recall one of the images that sticks out of my head primarily of film history of like the movies I've seen and something that I haven't watched the original Terminator in maybe 10 years, but I still remember, I don't know if it's like, is he in a hospital or like it's a clinic or something when he first shows up and he's walking down that hallway with the, with the shotgun. It's like, that's like a perfect scene for me. It's like him just walking at the, at the, at the camera and like, what the hell is going to happen in this movie? Yeah. I also love the use of stop motion animation at the end of the movie when he's like just skeletalized. Yeah. It's horrifying. I mean, it's kind yeah. of funny that they actually did stop motion animation, but it is. Yeah. Ugh. That was James Cameron, right? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. What's your number two? My number two is Lance Henriksen as Emile Fouchon in Hard Target. Oh boy, I do not know this one. This is a John Woo movie. Oh, yeah, this is a John Woo movie with uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme. Okay. <laughs> and it came out in 1993. It's one of my favorite movies. He did this string of... I probably talked about this when we did action movie stars, because uh-huh. I love 
the there's a very strange quality to the late 80s or maybe like mid 80s through early 90s John Club Van Damme movies. <laughs> all of them were all of them were different but very similar as far as like the progression of the plot, but it always just put him in a different character nominally. He always had the same accent and the same rough look. Same but, general ability to do the splits. Yeah. But they always put him in like a different setting and they had different surrounding cast and hard target. He's a drifter in the, in Cajun, Louisiana, <laughs> uh, by you. And Lance Hendrickson plays the villain. Who's like a, he hunts humans. So he's got, Oh, like, nice. I kind of like want to watch this movie right now. Game. Yeah, no, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So he's got this, like, he's got this one-shot pistol where he's got, like, a belt with all these rounds on it, and they're huge bullets, and that's how he hunts people. He's just got, he, like, loads it once at a time and just blow, tries to, like, blow these people's heads off. <laughs> and he's and he sets up all these traps to, like, he, he's basically picking out ex-military, uh, or ex-armed forces veterans that are drifters, that are homeless. And, he's, and then he'll take money from these rich dudes who want to hunt people. And mm-hmm. it's like, it's a mess. I mean, it's a corny, you know, it's a John Woo action movie. It's got beautiful choreography in the fight scenes. Uh, I love John Clyde Van Damme. I think it's great. The female lead in the movie is really good. I don't know that she was in a ton of stuff, like major stuff after that. Her name's Yancey Butler. I don't know if you ever heard of her. but um, Yancey? Yancey. Oh, I've not heard of her. She's good. But the whole movie is really entertaining. And uh, Arnold Vosloo plays the sidekick of Lance Henriksen, who was later the mummy. Oh. (laughs) So it's kind of, it's kind of one of those like interesting movies where, I don't know. I always find myself going back to watch it anytime I can't, like, I'll just think of it. I have to watch it. You know, like it's his, his performance as the villain. He's just like this ruthless capitalist, like dirt bag. And he doesn't care about anybody. And I always, I always liked Lance Henriksen. That's the role that, always sticks in my head yeah i i gotta say you describing that movie right now makes me really want to watch it it's really good oh and wilford brimley plays his uncle what (laughs) yeah wait he plays the villain's uncle or jean-claude van damme's uncle no jean-claude van damme's uncle oh of course (laughs) he like he makes moonshine and they like go find him at the end i won't spoil it you have to watch it so do they just pretend jcvd is like from Louisiana? Yeah. Oh my god. It's kind of like Tommy Wiseau. Yeah. Maybe he's not Polish or whatever he is and saying he's from Louisiana. Have you seen the previews for that movie? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of excited. Disaster Artist, baby. It's going to be great. I want to watch that. Alright. What's your number one? My number one. I don't think you'll expect this, but it, it, it kind of ties in with the Chucky idea. That it is a movie I saw probably too young and haunts me still. And I think it is a fantastic performance. Um, You feel like the main character is helpless in her hands. And so for that reason, my number one is Kathy Bates playing Annie from Misery. That That is on my honorable mentions list. Good. Uh, I'm glad to hear that. I just think it's just, she's so quietly menacing for a while, and then menacing, menacing, and 
Um, I love her, like, character quirks of, like, making a disgusting, like, casserole or whatever it was with spam. <laughs> um, and she is just, like, scary. And Oh, that's a, that's a fantastic number one. That's a, that movie is, it, it, honestly, it's hard to watch sometimes for me, because it's like. It really is. There's parts of it that are kind of shocking. Like, doesn't she break his leg or something? Yeah. So, I mean, there's like parts of it Like, when he, like, tries like, to escape. Yeah. And so there's parts of it that are just like, oh, man, like, I know that's not real, but that looks painful. And, but but most of it is just her performance. Like, it's just such a crazy, it's so unique. Like, she's just got him in captivity, and it's like a super fan, you know? Yes. No, it's, um... Yeah, I, I I enjoy that movie, but at the same time, very hard to watch. And she is fantastic in it. Yeah, that's great. That's an excellent choice. All right, what is your number one? My number one is Michael Myers from Halloween. Oh, interesting. All right, what is it about Michael Myers? Okay, so Michael Myers, um, and now I'm going to pull... A little callback to your Dr. Steve Brule differentiation, and I'm going to say, I'm talking about Michael Myers from the original Halloween, maybe the second one, because that's a continuation of the same night mm-hmm. from the first one. I think after that, there was varying, you know, it became more schlocky, and like, you know, they did the remakes, and then they did like Halloween H2O, you know, there was like... There's a lot some, going on there. Yeah, it became kind of campy, but... For my money, original Halloween is still one of the most well-executed horror movies of all time. I think I need um, to revisit it then. Yeah, it's... The whole atmosphere of that movie is terrifying. He's a great villain. He was That was early on. I don't know if it was... I don't know the chronology of like when he debuted versus when Jason... Before he's from Friday the 13th debuted, but even if it was close, I don't think Jason with the hockey mask and the machete was until like the second movie anyway. I think it was actually the third. The third one? Okay. So yeah, I mean, Michael Myers was the, this is a faceless actor in a creepy as hell mask that even the cheesy ones when I saw them when I was a kid still terrified me. Like, whatever movie it is, I don't know if it's the end of the first one or the second one where she's in that, like, psych ward at the hospital, and he inv- he invades it and, like, is just stalking, like, he's just taking out nurses in the hallway. <laughs> like, it's just, it's, those movies, I, there's something about, like, a horror movie has to have isolation mm-hmm. and desperation to work. And I feel like they did that the best. And, like, even when it's just in the town, in the suburb that they're in, you know, they make sure that it's like a windy night and, you know, you can't tell if anybody else is home in the block. There's no kids walking around. It's like, it's this house, you know, something's going on that's messed up. And, uh, you know, and, and then like Jamie Lee Curtis earlier in the movie, she's walking on the street and everything is just like, I just love everything about those movies, but Michael Myers is a creep. He's indestructible. He's slow. He walks in the same pace at all times, no matter what he's trying to do. Yeah. There's so many things about how they did that that are perfect for a villain in a movie. I love it. No, that is a good number one. Yeah, it makes me want to revisit, especially those first two Halloween movies. 
Yeah, I'd say like the first one is like I I watch that every year, and then the second one is still pretty good. Third was like the worst yeah. of all of them, and then they came back and had some more interesting ones. But the first one is a is Hall of Fame. Noted. All right, I'm revisiting that. What are your some of your honorable mentions? So Hannibal Lecter. Yeah, um, one of mine too. Yeah, he's both Anthony Hopkins and Brian Cox portrayals because in Manhunter Brian Cox played him who you may know as the police chief in Super Troopers yeah <laughs> well he's been in about uh, a thousand other movies too yeah he's been in a ton of stuff but for me those are his two big roles yeah. <laughs> um and I, I just think that character is great I don't count him necessarily as the reason I left him off is because I mean if you think about it Silence of the Lambs Buffalo Bill is the real villain right um and I mean Silence of the Lambs once again just one of the best, one of the most effective horror movies that, like, just still to this day as a grown adult just creeps the hell out of me, but he's part of that because, I mean, you never know what he's going to do. Anthony Hopkins brought it to another level, but I thought Brian Cox was good, too. Um, Christopher Lee as Scaramanga in The Man with the Golden Gun. Yeah, I get what you're saying with that because that, uh, it kind of reminded me of what you picked or hard target, I was going to say, almost like, that seems like almost a Christopher Lee type role. <laughs> yeah! It is. I mean, it's like, it's when, I mean, because the man with the golden gun other than him is kind of unremarkable. Yeah. So he, he carries that movie. Oh, he and, certainly does. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and he carries it, and he he's kind of like, for me, the he's what I hold any Bond villain up to. So... Even when, like, you know, I heard Javier Bardem's going to be in, in a Bond movie as a villain, it's like, oh boy, and then Christoph Waltz, it's like, oh, these great actors. But I still think he's the best Bond villain. Like, yeah. he's just great. No, he, he is really good, and he absolutely carries that movie. That would otherwise be, you're right, not a very good Bond movie. Speaking of Christoph Waltz, also him as Hans Landa in Inglourious Bastards. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of how he, like, restarted his career. Yeah, he's just, he's just so good at at that like that tension he creates that tension in the, mm-hmm. in the scenes where yeah. you don't know where he's going to go with it and it's just like heavy and he lets things sit he doesn't rush his lines it's like i just i like his style yeah i was kind of hoping for a little bit more of that i was kind of hoping for a little bit more of that inspector but it kind of doesn't quite work no i don't know why maybe it's partly the direction of the movie yeah i i didn't like i didn't think i was expecting more like, I thought Javier Bardem delivered. I thought his performance was... Even though that movie, you can you can take it or leave it, whatever. But I thought his... He delivered, yeah. Yeah. Um, my last honorable mention is Pennywise. Um, oh. Do you see the new It? Or the newish? I have different? not. I'm basing this on Tim Curry from the miniseries in 1990. Uh, oh. Because that performance um, gave me some nightmares as a as a wee tot so yeah he he definitely captured that role really well and it's hard to even still like the new it came out and it made a billion bucks and we actually went to see it and it takes a lot for us to kind of go see a new movie (laughs) but um what did you think of it i thought it was good it wasn't like amazing but um the actor who played it did a pretty good job, but it does still seem like it's still like Tim Curry's role somehow. Yeah, he's just I don't know. There's something about that movie. 
or that original miniseries or whatever it was, like Harry Anderson was one of the main characters, which was <laughs> another thing because I knew him from like Night Court. Yeah, <laughs> he's like not really an actor. I don't get why he like ends up in all this stuff. Yeah, and and, and you know what's funny? His daughter is like a improv comedian. She shows up on all these different podcasts I listen to. Wait, who's his daughter? Um, Eva Anderson. Huh. She's not, she's, she does like, uh, I've heard her on Doughboys a couple times. She did like, uh, Comedy Bang Bang, I think. Okay. She's in that circle. I'm gonna look out for that. I just like, never assume people with like the last name Anderson are related. It's like so common. No, I know. Yeah. That, it, it wouldn't put it together. I just heard her talking about it. So I, I was like, oh, wow. Huh. <laughs> uh, let's see. Okay. So I had Hannibal Lecter as well. Um, I also have. And I didn't hear this in your honorable mentions, which kind of confused me, but uh, Godzilla in Godzilla, Mothra, and King Ghidorah, giant monster all-out attack. That wasn't, that didn't make your cut? No, um, I've, although <laughs> I do have a, um, a a large appreciation for those movies because of Mystery Science Theater 3000. Um, this one is particularly good, um, and I do like the Godzilla movies better in which Godzilla is a bad guy. Right, yeah. Because uh, otherwise, I mean, Godzilla should be menacing, not a helpful force of nature. Do you? What do you? What are your feelings on Gamera? Uh, I like those Gamera movies. Um, I, I mean, I Gamera! always, I always preferred Godzilla, and then the I think the Gamera movies that are in like the seventies maybe were like pretty corny for the most part, but then there were a series of Gamera movies in like the late nineties maybe early 2000s, that are actually pretty good. Oh, really? Um, I haven't seen those. Yeah, there's at least two, maybe more. Um, I'd have to go back and revisit them. I can't quite remember. But there are some good later Gamera movies. And then also, I I really liked actually Dr. Octopus in Spider-Man 2. And that's uh, Alfred uh, Molina. Oh, Okay. Yeah, I don't know why. That's, like, one of my favorite superhero movies, and I think he plays, like, just a really good villain in that. Is this Spider-Man 2 with Tobey Maguire? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I only have seen the Tobey Maguire ones. I'm three Spider-Man movies behind. I haven't seen... I may have only seen the original Tobey Maguire one. Oh, okay. Well, see, the the second one, I think, is the best one out of all the Spider-Mans. Not that I can speak to the new ones. Oh, no, I saw the one with that, uh, the last guy that played him. I saw the first one of those. Oh, like the one that just came out? No, 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 before that. The, 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 not the newest reboot, but the last reboot. (laughs) God damn it, they reboot this too often. I saw it at a drive-in in in West Chicago. It was pretty cool. Oh, okay. I have not seen that. I I missed both of those. Because they were like three with Tobey Maguire, then two with the other guy, and then one that just came out. Okay. Yeah, I need to. I, I mean, I like Spider Man. I need to watch some of those. I have another honorable mention too. I forgot about. Unless you had more that I. Oh no no no! I, I'm done. Go right ahead. So, Ron mentioned to me that I should watch The Patriot with with uh, Mel Gibson because there's a villain in that called Colonel Tavington, who's apparently like his favorite, and he wanted me to watch it before we did this. Um, so Ron, I know you're going to listen to this. I apologize. I was not able to watch it before we recorded. So I want to mention it because I'm going to watch it and I will bring this up when I watch it and say if it would have made my cut somewhere in the list or as an honorable mention. 
Just so you don't think I'm a jerk and ignore you. Right. We'll bring it. We'll bring it back up in a future episode. Yep. All right. Uh, if you have a movie villain you think we forgot, we know there are a billion movies out there, and we probably did forget them. So go ahead and send us uh, either. You can hit us up on Twitter, and that's at Whiskey Sessions, or send us an email at Whiskey Sessions Music at gmail.com and we're gonna go ahead and read your emails now so let's go ahead and get to our email inbox you sent us emails to read emails and now we'll read them all right what's the first email you have b pamp so we have an email from clarence from worcester mass Ooh. Uh, and uh, i feel compelled to read this in a voice i'm gonna do, i'm gonna read it how i feel it should be read um, excuse me, sirs, but you forgot John C. Riley as Sasquatch, <laughs> uncre- uncredited, in Tenacious D in the Pick of Destiny. Your oversight, even if accidental, has cost you a listener. Oh, another and, one because we forgot. And he included a screenshot of him unsubscribing. See, that seems totally unnecessary to me. That's mean, Clarence. It is. And you know what? You can listen to this podcast without subscribing to it, so we know he's still listening. He's gonna. He just did that for for show, and, yeah. and he's really he's really got a like a secret account. Yeah, no, I think for sure because it's not like he's not gonna want to hear, you know, our response to his mean spirited email, which is totally incorrect anyway. I didn't I, even know he was Sasquatch in that movie. Come on. No, I didn't know that either. I do remember that movie flopped like crazy. Yeah, but it's great. Yeah. I have no and the idea. kid, the Barry from the Goldbergs is in it. <laughs> huh. That I did not know. All right. Uh, the email I've got, hey, whiskey dudes. I was thinking, what about instead of having the two of you try whiskeys and do top five lists, you instead have a third person on the podcast who does all the whiskey tasting and does it every day at his own home starting at 10 in the morning and then isn't on the podcast. I'll just do that. Thanks. Tim from Denton, Texas. Oh! Well, I... Something tells me Tim likes a little whiskey. I think he does, and I'm not opposed to his tactic. I think we will both have him on the podcast, and per his request, have him actually not be on the podcast. So he's literally just looking for a... He's he's looking for he does this already. Yeah, I think he's looking for permission to continue doing it. He's looking for that, and he's looking for a story. So if somebody goes, you know, why are, if somebody delivers a package and says, "Why are you in your underwear, blind drunk at eleven thirty in the morning?" He can say, "I'm doing doing it I for a podcast." Side gig. Yeah. No, I I think that is the case. <laughs> you ever heard of the whiskey <laughs> sessions? I'm on it. <laughs> yeah, but not not actually on it. You won't hear me, but I'm on it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, that does it for our email box. If you want to send us an email, uh, you can send it to whiskey sessions music at gmail.com and we will read it on the air. And yeah, thank you for joining us for yet another episode of the Whiskey Sessions. We will catch you again in a couple of weeks. So that's all I got. B Pimp, you got anything else? Leave us alone, Clarence. Leave us alone, Clarence. In that case, we are signing off. This is A Mets. Ben Beepin. Peace out. We're two